0: Good morning. I was so glad that Paul stopped taking part of my message this morning. I thought, where is he going? I, mean, I know I sent the text. I didn't expect you to preach it. And uh, I'm glad I can see the clock there because Paul told me very explicitly that I had 30 to 40 minutes. He did not explain whether those were Baptist minutes protestant minutes but i'm not preaching yet uh, but i want to say this I, I'm, I haven't started this is the preamble this is the preamble i i want to say about your pastor you know i love paul phillips i really do you need to get this air conditioner fixed because it's blowing right in my eyes where's greg at didn't he build this Paul Phillips, um, I, I'm going to say this about him. He's, uh, I'm going to say this, it's this not sacrilegious, but he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's like a rock. He's like a rock. He doesn't move much. He doesn't move much. I remember I was angry about something and and I called Paul. He's always under control, always measured. I would like for him to get more stirred, but he doesn't. If he is, he's hiding it from me. I called him. I said, "Paul, man, this thing—it's—I'm thinking of writing an editorial. This is crazy, man—and I'm—I'm very, very angry." And and I finished telling Paul all of the reasons why I'm angry. And I said, "Paul, are you there?" He says, "Yes." He said, well, I don't know, Rob, what is the purpose? What would be, who's your audience for writing the letter? And what do you want them to take from your writing? And are you sure you, I don't want to hear this. I want to (laughs) vent. But I listened to Paul and he was right. Um, I thank you for being who you are. Just as you are, man, you are my friend, you're my brother, I love you, we're we're two sides of the same coin, but we got, you know, I'm dressed up in a suit, and I can't get you to put on one. <laughs> <laughs> Just a quick word of prayer, Heavenly Father, we ask that you bless this word today, bless these, your people, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. I thank my wife of 36 years, you know, it's a good thing when a man finds a wife, he finds a what? good thing. Um, I applaud you honey for staying with me that long. Thank you, Jesus. Don't leave me. Don't leave me. If you leave, I'm coming behind you this morning. I want to talk with you about something. I was honored when Paul called me because I had been, um, I did something I've never done. I redid our annual fast and, um, I went on the fast and I kept hearing the Lord, uh, uh, talking with me and the way the Lord talks with me he whispers he whispers and I don't want to hear him audibly but he whispers and uh, the three days I thought I would do water only and then seven days and I thought I would do water only and then I ended up doing 21 days water only not a nut not a fruit not a anything but what God did he showed me something it really changed my life and I was talking with Paul and Paul called me and said man I'm thinking this and that I said oh man I can't wait I can't wait to share with you because God has shared with me something and I, today I want to talk about the kingdom vision 360 kingdom vision 360 rediscovering who we are And and what I want to do today is impart to you what I've heard the Lord say to me about where we are in this season. We're just coming out of this pandemic, and and a lot of us went into it, and we're coming out of it strained. Some relationships are broken. Marriages have been frayed at the core. Uh, Your relationship with your children, whom you thought you loved, but now you're not so sure. When you had to teach them and and all of that stuff, you you used to give the teachers a hard time, but now you want to give them praise, don't you? But I understand that in this season, we have to understand that... God still is up to something in our lives. And, 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 and this is the time where we have to tap into what's going on in the spiritual realm. When I started thinking about kingdom vision, many times when we talk about kingdom, it's kind of hard to get your hands around it. Because Jesus was talking to the Pharisees, the religious people. And you know that Jesus didn't care very much about religion. He cared about relationships. And all of the time, he's showing them miracles, he's doing signs, he's doing wonders. And they are looking for the kingdom of God to come in the same way that they had seen the Roman Empire come in with uh, power and authority. And they are asking Jesus, when is the kingdom of God coming? They're looking for somebody like Moses to lead them out of their oppression. And Jesus has already had this great parade. Y'all remember Palm Sunday, Hosanna, Hosanna. And he comes in and they're thinking "It's it's about to go down. Jesus comes in, they've got the waving, the palm branches. He comes in, goes to the church and turns around. There's no big overthrow of the kingdom and they're wondering what is this they're not the only ones. some of the disciples john the one that was uh declaring prepare ye the way of the lord he's sitting in prison and he sends his disciples go ask jesus are you the one that's going to bring the kingdom or should we look for another Jesus says to him, go back and tell John. The blind see, the lame begin to walk. Those who are in prison are being fed. Go back and tell John what you've seen and what is happening. Jesus recognized that many people don't understand the principles of the kingdom and they're looking for a kingdom that mirrors our Constitution mirrors our government, and that's not what he is doing. When they ask him the question, he says, the kingdom of God is in your midst. John says, in John chapter 1, around verse 11, 12, 13, 14, running on down, he said, he came into his own, and his own received him not. He is the promised Messiah. He is the deliverer, but he's not coming like they thought he would come. And then he says something that really rocks their world. He says, it's in your midst and it's in you. The kingdom of God is in you. As Paul was talking today, he says that the kingdom of God is in you because the word of God is in you. Watch this. And when the word of God impacts the way you feed the hungry the way you, you go and love on people, when it impacts your life and your life impacts the world, the kingdom of God has come because it's in you. God has always been concerned about a kingdom, uh, a kingdom. He's always been concerned about how men were supposed to live on this earth we reminded in Genesis chapter 1 where God says, let us make man in our image. And he forms man and he makes man in his image. And then from man he makes woman. And then he places them in the garden. And then he has kingdom on his mind. He says, be fruitful and multiply and have dominion. Dominion is rulership, authority. He says, govern the earth. God had kingdom. Now, sometimes we hear people talk about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. And and sometimes people use them interchangeably. But there are some subtleties about it that I want to talk. Today, I'm going to talk about the kingdom, that the kingdom of God is in you. And then I want to talk about the gift that God gave you. For the things he called you to do. And then you got to have the gift. But a gift without a vision. Will cause you to abuse the gift. So I want to talk about the vision that God gave you. And lastly your purpose. That's a lot in 40 minutes. And I'm rocking. I'm rolling right now. I'm rolling right now. So he's talking about the kingdom. But the kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. They're similar but different. God says heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. He says, heaven is my home. Earth is my footstool. In heaven where he resides, we know in Genesis, he was there, Jesus was there, and the Holy Spirit was there. He's residing in heaven. He says, earth is my footstool. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's beyond the sky, that's the first heaven. The beyond the cosmos, that's the second heaven. Beyond that is heaven. That's where my mama is and my sisters and some brothers, some of your folks. Some may not be there. We're going to pray for the rest of us. He says, I've got this kingdom in heaven. And while in in the kingdom of heaven, he was thinking about man's dominion on the earth and man came down, had dominion, sin came in separated. Man gave dominion of the earth to Satan, to the devil. God then sitting in heaven with Jesus says, okay, I'm still trying to redeem man and give him power and authority. So Philippians chapter 2 around verse number 6. It says that Jesus in heaven thought it not robbery, I'm paraphrasing, to be equal with God, but he emptied himself. Paul talked about, trying to steal my message, Paul talked about the necessity for you to empty yourself of yourself. Jesus emptied himself. That word emptied comes from the word uh, kenos. Or kenosis, where you empty yourself of everything that holds on to the old. Now, even though he was all God, he emptied himself of his deity. He took on the form of a servant. Why? So he could come down through 42 generations and reestablish man's dominion on the earth. Remember, after he came down, thought it not robbery to suffer And to die? that we might be redeemed through the blood of the Lamb, the blood of the Lamb that takes away the sins of the world. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. So Jesus comes down, he dies on the cross, he descends down into the grave, he takes captivity captive. What is that? Those who had died before Christ came, they were down in Hades where we believe in a kept place and not in a punishment place but holding on till jesus came he takes the keys of death burial and the grave and then he comes up walks on the earth for 40 days 40 is the number of maturity he walks on the earth for 40 days to prove to everybody that he is real he has risen and then before he leaves He decides to say to his disciples, all power has been given in my hand. Watch this. And he says, you, your commandment is go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Ghost, so you can share with them that which you have, so those who are in darkness now begin to walk in light, and those who are without power, now we have delegated authority for in the name of Jesus. He says to us, does it seem like I'm yelling at y'all? He says to us, Here is the keys to the kingdom. The kingdom is in me. Somebody say, the kingdom is in me. me. Oh, I feel some help over here. I need some help over here. The The kingdom is in me. He says, this is the keys to the kingdom. He says, the keys to the kingdom is whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. The binding and the loosening comes from knowing the word of God. When you can begin to declare and decree a thing, it shall be established. So even though I'm sick, I can say because I know the word by his stripes, I am healed. He says, death and life lies in your tongue. I need you to know that some of you all are saying you want life, but you're speaking death over the promises God made you. Some of you young folks, you're here in college, and you've gone through this pandemic, and things are not as you saw and thought they would be, and you are speaking death over the life God gave you, not even realizing death and life is in you. The kingdom of God is in you," he says. He said, "When you, when the word of God starts impacting your life, I'm not talking about religion, relationship. Jesus hated religion. Religion, those who who uh, uh, believe in the Sabbath, well, it's 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 assigned to a day. Christians assigned to Sunday. Islam, Friday evening. No, Jesus didn't like religion. He wanted a one-on-one relationship with you so you could understand when you begin to have a relationship with this word of God, you're having a relationship with the logos, the written word of God, but he wants you to get the rhema. The rhema word of God is when God begins. You You ever read your Bible and you're reading something and you said, if you will, Call on the name of the Lord. And all of a sudden, if jumps off the page. You say, if? He said, if. That's a conditional phrase. That means if you can, then it will. That means there's something you have to do. But you can't get there until you understand the principles of the kingdom. And the principles of the kingdom is in your midst. It's in you. This word God takes the simplicity of preaching. I know some of y'all saying, this black ball guy up here, he's screaming, why Paul bring him back? <laughs> you, you're wondering, aren't you? <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I'm like, Paul, you want me to come again? And and, and he's here. Last time I wore jeans and jacket, but Paul's here. I'm trying to show out and be clean and I'm trying to control myself because he'll start winking at me in a minute. But understanding the kingdom, say the kingdom is in me. Yes, you've got to know you are holding on to something that's powerful. That's powerful. Don't you let the circumstances steal the promise God has on your life. Don't let him take your business. Don't let him take your family. I know that some of y'all y'all look good. Y'all y'all you walk through the door holding hands, but you were just fighting in the car. I know how it is. <sighs> me and my wife been married thirty six years. You can't tell me nothing. I already know. <sighs> I already know. Come on in here. Let's grab hands so these people know exactly how we fight. (laughs) Here's the thing. Jesus has always had kingdom on his mind. He says, this won't be like you think it is. And the only way you'll know how it will be is you've got to understand the word of God to understand the kingdom of God. Now, I need you to know that a kingdom Every kingdom has four elements, and it's important. I'm going somewhere. Every kingdom. Now, I'm seeing something there. That's different, isn't it? Yeah, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Go down to the slide that says four elements. Now, now I want y'all to know something. Yeah, there you go. Now, your team is awesome. I wasn't going to tell you, but Paul told me to give him the message Wednesday, Thursday. He won't tell me what to do. <laughs> I wasn't ready. I was still wrestling. I got here this morning, and I, I thought, I'll send it now. <laughs> so you give your uh, 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 multimedia people around. The kingdom. Now he, you hear this. Because I wanna I want to help you understand. And y'all you need to put the time back up there, otherwise, I am not responsible. I am not responsible. I've already been told, somebody already told me, you know you're gonna go over the time. Yeah, I put your hand down. See in the back. But I'm not because Paul said up here telling me you play if you want to. <laughs> The kingdom has four elements, and you got to get this. First, it has an authority, which is the king. It has a, a power, a delegated authority. It has a law, and it has a people. Now, look at it from the bottom up. If the people know the law... They can walk in the authority, the power and the authority of the kingdom. Oh, that was better than that. Oh, amen. 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 Listen, when you know the law of a thing, if the people know the law of the thing, you can speak to this mountain and say, be yonder removed. You can call those things that be not as though they were. But if the people don't know the law, they can't walk in the delegated authority, the power, and release the authority. Jesus who emptied himself, right? But he comes down and now he's limited. But watch this. When Lazarus dies, Jesus stands up. He says, God, he's speaking out loud. He's not praying quietly like he does in the mornings. He, he's speaking. He says, God. Crowds of people watching, they know Lazarus stinketh now, right? So he says, God. I, 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 I thought it was crazy. Like Jesus flexing. He flexing here. He says, God. I know that you hear me because you always hear me, but I do it for their sake that they might know there is power in you. He's exercising his delegated authority, knowing that if you will call on the name of the Lord, he says, if if you will knock, seek, knock, knock. The door will be open. He has the confidence in God because he has a relationship with God. And now he has delegated authority to speak the word to God. And God moves and Lazarus come forth. What is it that's dead in your life that you've yet to speak the word over? Or you don't want to go that far, right? You you want you want enough religion just to come on Sunday, and, and and if you raise a hand, that's cool. But you want it to keep you warm, but you don't want to catch on fire. God, man, I'm so full. I've never been a real religious person. I didn't. I wouldn't even be here if my wife hadn't got saved on me after we got married. We was all in the club. She got saved on me and went to church. Y'all know I'd follow her anywhere. So I went to church only because she was there and ran into Christ. God wants you to know this word that Paul is teaching, you're getting. Man, the Bible says uh, in Hebrews 12, he says the word of God. That's what we're hiding in us. That's what's causing us to understand our authority. If the people don't know the law, there's a law of gravity. But if you understand the law of aerodynamics, you can take a 600,000-pound plane and fly. Some of us are being bound because we don't know the law of the spirit. And let me move on. So we find that God is trying to say, I've been exercising and, and showing you things. I came to speak to somebody's dying dream today. I came to speak to somebody's dying marriage today. I come to speak to somebody's dying business today. The kingdom of God is in you. That's where you're supposed to say yes or hallelujah or something. Y'all making me work too hard. Y'all going to make me go over and it ain't going to be my fault. Because if you say amen a little bit better, I can can flow. This ain't my fault. (laughs) Y'all hear Paul up here talking about amen. Hurry up, Rob. But here's the thing about the kingdom of God. The natural man cannot discern things of the spirit. This, the kingdom of God doesn't come through information. It comes through revelation. Revelation. See, God is saying, he says, just like the natural person can't take the scripture and look at it, he says, I've got to reveal it to you. Ephesians one seventeen. You write it down, read it when you get a chance. He. It says here, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation in the knowledge of him he says just like the understanding the kingdom of god comes through revelation there are some things that God wants to say to you and show you. It's not in your reading information. There must be revelation. There must be illumination. There must there must be a connection with the Spirit of God. And watch this. Jesus says all of those things and we need to understand that God wants us to understand how the kingdom works. If you want to know what God's purpose or what God's plan or what God has for you, it's got to come through revelation. And my message to you all is rediscovering who we are. Most of us think that we are, Human beings having a spiritual experience. We are not. Come on, Jeremiah 29. I, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. Before you were physical, you were spiritual. So we are actually spiritual beings having a human Experience, I got scripture for that. You know what's going to heaven. It is not your flesh, it is your soul, the psyche it is it, it's your thoughts it's your emotions. It's your memories. You'll be in heaven and you'll say, I remember that black ball guy that was trying to preach so hard and we gave him such a hard time. I know it was the God. I know that was a good word. I still remember it in heaven. <laughs> you'll be in heaven. Your soul gonna be satisfied. You are spiritual beings. And even while I'm speaking this thing, y'all need to show me a clock. I'm telling you, I don't know where I'm at. It's 1142. I think I've been preaching 15 minutes. (laughs) Can we go with that? Paul, we all right. Thank you. I need you to know if I stand here, this will help. I'll just stand right here. Mm -hmm. It has to be revealed. 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 You have kingdom of God in you because you have the gift of God in you. You have the gift of God. You have the word of God, which is a gift, but you have other gifts that are in you. Like look at Ephesians uh, 4, 7 and 8. I think I have that one. Jesus has risen from the dead. He's getting ready to leave. And look what he, at what he says. He says here, he says in Ephesians 4, 7 and 8, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why he says when he ascended on high, he took captives and gave gifts to his people. He gave, in fact, we go to uh, Ephesians 4 and 11, and it talks about the fivefold gift. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some uh, evangelists pastors and teachers why because he was thinking about the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry if you don't know what god has called you to do with your gift you will abuse your gift you'll think it's your gift but he gave it to you so you could give it to the body but he gave you a gift in fact can i tell you something you are the gift You are the gift. Your idiosyncrasies, your your, your, your peculiar ways. Yes, you are peculiar. I got any peculiar people. Paul is very peculiar. I'm peculiar. You know, for some folks, I'm not, you don't get it. I, I talk too loud and I sweat too much and I spit and all kinds of stuff that messes you up. But for somebody... I'm tailor-made, <laughs> uniquely fashioned, formed, made to do what God called me to do. I came over and was watching Paul speak. I said in the back. He didn't know I was coming. I said, when did Paul become a professor? I was like, what was that word he just used, honey? I don't know. I got to use a thesaurus. <laughs> and uh, When he comes to my church, he's all animated. But here he was all devout and formal. I'm like, Lord, God, I don't know. I don't don't even know. But he's my brother, and uh, he's uniquely made. Y'all got to know you have a gift. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for this man. He's uniquely made. I saw this in my mind, and I was going to have y'all stand up. Uh, but, you know, but that would have made him really uncomfortable, you know. And then, and then I, I thought we'd just continue to clap until he turned red, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, until, until he wanted us to sit down. <laughs> he says he left gifts. You got gifts. Gifts. You know how you know when you got a gift? When you do something. Everybody else sees as extraordinary, but to you, it's just what you do. You know, when you got a gift, you didn't work for it. We like to tell our children, "Ah, ah, you can do anything you want as long as you're willing to work for it. That's nice, but that ain't true. I don't care how hard you work. There's some things you're not going to be able to do that he does naturally. And that's good, but I just need you to know, when you tap into your gift, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. If you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing, you've got to remember that God is the one that initiates relationship with you. It's not you initiating with him. It's he that must initiate with you. If you're walking around and saying to Pastor Paul, is there a word from the Lord? Yes, a book of them, 66 books, get you some word. But you can't get it just from him. You've got to, does Paul ever use a towel when he's sweating? No, no. Well, I told you we're unique in our own way. Please hear me. God wants to talk to you about your situation. God wants to get you past your feelings. We talk about the passion of Christ. Passion doesn't start until you get past feelings. Some of you are so in your feelings, you're ready to walk away from your marriage. You're ready to walk away from your business. You don't, you don't want to deal with it. And God says, I need you to empty I need you to empty of your stuff. I know you clean up good, I do too. I got problems though. I do. I'm not going to give them to you cuz when I get them fixed you won't give them back. Be tell my pastor you should Paul, you know he say he got some problems. You sure you want to bring him back? <laughs> yes, cuz you got problems too. But he says I want you to understand the gift is in you. I heard the Lord after I was fasting. He says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of him and not of ourselves. What? There's something in you. But what the enemy does, he tries to convince you that you are flawed, but you're wonderfully flawed. You're peculiar, yes, but you you have something in you. And here's the thing. He says, we have these gifts in earthen vessels. How do you find a treasure? You have to dig in the earth. Your flesh is the earth. See, I heard something when I fasted because the fasting began to subdue my flesh, bring it under the authority of my spirit. God is whispering. I can't hear him because my flesh is screaming. My situation won't let me hear the whisper the pain you have in your relationship with your children, the pain, the worry about the finances, the worry, the concern about your health. He says, bring it to the Lord. You were not designed to carry it. You're supposed to cast it. You're supposed to give it back but we're conditioned. I'm a man's man. Yeah, I know, but you're destroying yourself and everything connected to you because you're trying to carry what you're supposed to cast. (laughs) No, no, stop, stop. Y'all making me work too hard. (sighs) However God gives it to you, please don't let me disrupt that for you. Because I've learned not to judge how people respond. Because because you're not saying anything doesn't mean you're not listening. So get what you need. So we got to understand this word of God is important. It's quick. It's powerful. Hebrews 12 and 4. Sharper than a two-edged sword. Piercing, dividing down into the soul, into the marrow, into the intents of man's heart. He says it's quick. It it doesn't mean it's fast. It has the power to quicken, to make alive, to stir up, to, to agitate the word of God sometimes has to bring you into a place where you've come to the end of yourself and all you got is God. Anybody ever been there, man? You done tried everything you know, but you've got to the place, I ain't got nothing else to try. And then he says, now call on me and I will answer. He said, I've been waiting on you. You've been trying to use your connections. So understand that the kingdom Understand that the gift of God is in you. You are gifted to do something great for God. It could be ushering at the door, and you may think it's small, but it's not small. When somebody comes in and you have the anointing, you, you, you see stuff on them and you go up and put your arm around them and you didn't know they were planning to take their life that day, you're just being who you are. You have a spirit of discernment so you can see. You can't tap into the gift until you tap into Christ. You can't get it otherwise. You can't hear because you can't discern it with your flesh. It's got to be your spirit. It's got to be your spirit. I was so excited about sharing this word with you. I sure hope God is fixing it up between me and you because I don't know but I want you to come out of this thing knowing there's greatness in you. Somebody say, there's greatness in me. Greatness. There is. And look, for my older saints, man, if God was through with you, you'd be gone to heaven. It ain't too late. He's doing something in your life. Why has he left you all here all of this time? Maybe you've laid aside some of your dreams, some of your visions. Maybe you should be a volunteering in places where your gift makes room for you. Somebody needs what you got. Don't you let the world say you're too old, that he's a whole lie and the truth ain't in him. So we got to understand the kingdom. We've got to understand the gift of God that he left to all men and he's given you a gift According to his grace, grace uh, comes from a Greek word, charismata, where you get the word charisma. You're you're bad. You you, you know how to do it. I mean, naturally, you just, you like working with little kids? I don't. I need kids I can threaten. And you get your butt over here and sit down. I'm looking for the camera in the room. You better get you get your My wife, she's all on the floor with the kids. She's loving it. You know, her little kid comes out. Mine, I, I, my adult comes out. I ain't gifted like that. I need I need teenage. I need grown folks I can talk to. For real, kids get scared of me. They be like, "Mommy, he's he's hollering." God is letting us know, understand the kingdom, understand the power of this word that's in you, understand the plan that God, Jeremiah, he says, I know the plans I have for you. You're not a mistake. I don't care if you were adopted or you were unintentional. Man, it doesn't matter how you got here, you're here now. (laughs) He says, I got a plan for you. He said, but you can't understand the plan if you're doing it in your own strength, man, how, how are you going to know where I want you to go if you don't ever take any time to quiet? I heard Miles Monroe use this illustration. I was going to just use it, but I just feel like I got to give him credit. <laughs> Even though he ain't here. He talks about many times we're asking God to move in an area. And we, maybe we're praying for the city. But our lives are so encumbered, we've got a pipe this big, but it's so cluttered with mess and garbage over the long haul that it's become kind of like an artery in some people's uh, body that it's so cluttered that when God says, I want to pour out my power from all this massness, you only can receive what can only be looked at as a pencil worth of power. He says, but when you begin to subdue your flesh and bring every thought captive to the obedience of the Spirit of God in you. What am I talking about? When you're trying to do something and the enemy is saying you can't, you've got to say, I can You have to take that thought and bring it in. When you're thinking about going and satisfying your flesh, he says, no, you're going to have to bring those thoughts into captivity because it causes you to cast off and, and do things that you would not normally do. And he says that when you begin to fast and quiet your flesh, which is at war with your spirit, it's hard to hear the spirit when the flesh has so much power. And then here, your flesh is screaming, "Give me, give me, give me chocolate peanuts." That's what I hear. <laughs> chocolate peanuts. <laughs> I'm like, eat it, eat it all. Anybody ever go to eat like a cookie and eat a roll? I got, I got three honest people in the hall. Paul, <laughs> Paul, you need to pre- preach on this. Hey, y'all, y'all didn't see him turning his watch, did you? <laughs> Here's the thing. God says, I know the plans. I know I have a, I know I gave you the gift. But if you don't know the purpose of it, you abuse it. Instead of singing in the house of the Lord, you're singing in the club. Instead of ushering here, you're a bouncer there. You know what I mean? instead of putting God first and you're giving you say I put I did all of this. He said I never mind you having wealth. I just didn't want it to have you. I I believe above all that you 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 should prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. God ain't never had no problem with you having stuff. He just don't want stuff to have you. So we have to understand the kingdom. you got to know that he's given you a gift. you got to understand uh, the vision for that gift. The vision, Proverbs 28. Uh, he, says, he says, without a vision, the people perish. So if you don't know what to do with your gift, you're not disciplined. And the enemy doesn't have to destroy your talent. All he has to do is get you distracted. So he has a destination for you to use your gift, but you've got to be able to hear what he has called you to do. And here's the thing. You cannot get vision mixed up with sight. Sight is a function of the eye. Sight sees Vision is something different. Vision is a function of the spirit. It's a function of the heart. It's a function of the soul. When you what called Paul to be a pastor, I know he wasn't thinking about it. Neither was I. But vision causes you to have an encounter with God. Anybody had an encounter with God that changed your life? You said, Man, I never planned to do this, but I heard God until you. And he's always speaking. He's speaking now. And somebody's saying, just hurry up. How much time you got left? I ain't thinking about you, man. Because this is what God, this is what God wanted you to hear. Maybe you can hear it from me. Because sometimes my kids can, Nancy, your kids ever come home and tell you stuff? You've been telling them all your life. I heard. You heard. Your mom and I have been telling you this since you was born. And you couldn't hear it. I was my kids' youth pastors. I was their adult pastor. A little white boy came into our life. He's like my son now. And and he came and led my both sons and both daughters. He led them all to Christ. Married to a little Chinese girl. She's my daughter. I'm like, how they can't hear from me? You have to be able to hear to see a vision. And vision, uh, put up the. Oh, good, y'all. Man, y'all are on it. Vision is in you. You're looking for it out there, but just like the the gift has to be revealed, you got to have a revelation. And here, you need to understand that vision is not a function of the eye, but a function of the heart. Now, give me Rebecca. Uh, Chapter 2 and 3. It's up there. Y'all bad boy. (laughs) He says, watch this. This is good. For still the vision awaits for its appointed time. This is crazy. How it's waiting, but it's hastening. It's waiting, but it's hastening to the end. It will not lie if it seems slow wait for it. But I thought you said it was hastening. It will surely come. It will not delay. What? (laughs) Ah, here's the problem. Here's here's the problem. It's for, and if you have your Bible, underline appointed time. See, he told you why. See, vision is not like a goal or a milestone. A goal says, I'm going to run the marathon, and it's going to be 26.2 miles. I know when it's going to start. I know when it's going to end. Vision don't work that way. It's for an appointed time. Give me that slide, Kairos. It's, uh, Kairos is the appointed opportune time of God. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. Look, look, it's got a time. It's got a set time. And if you are being moved by what you see, by what you feel, by what's going on, I thought you were walking by faith. Oh, come on, y'all. I thought you was walking by faith and... Thank you. Give yourselves a hand. Come on. We are called believers, but our problem... We don't believe. We gotta see it. And I'm saying to you, that thing God spoke to you, it has a set time of God. And you throwing in the towel because it hadn't come yet. It took me twenty-two years to get my bachelor's degree. Twenty-two! It wasn't that I was slow, Paul. I would start. They'd send me on deployment. I go to war. I come back and take off a week. It turns into two years. It took me six years to get my master's degree. It's for an appointed time, though it tarry, wait, cause God has the perfect time for what He's bringing you. Do you know that you've got to? Don't be conformed, but transformed by renewing your mind through this word that's in you. You've got to speak to your vision. And when you get it, you can't let anybody talk you out of it. My last point, don't get excited. (laughs) Don't get excited because I got doors on this message. (sighs) When y'all see Paul take his arm off that chair, it's time to sit down. (sighs) Understand, don't let anything take your vision. But when God gives you something and you know it's from God, it don't matter. It don't matter what people say. It doesn't matter who's with you because you don't possess the vision. The vision Possesses y'all, y'all. I think it's because Paul was here. Y'all did better last time. It possesses you, man. Am I right? And, it, and you, you want to quit? And it, can somebody just give me a wave off? And I'm telling the truth. It possesses you. God showed me something, and I've been getting up every morning 1:30. God told me to do something. I'm like when he told me I screamed like a nine-year-old at my first party. Ah! It's too wonderful to believe. And then you start thinking, "Can I do that? Why not you? Why don't you franchise that thing you're doing in your garage? Why not you? Why don't you start that school that's been in your heart? Why not you? You're letting the enemy talk you out of what God gave you. Come on, man. You came here to go to college. Stop tripping. You don't know. Your problem is this. You were a star in high school. You made all those good grades and you didn't even have to study. Just look straight ahead. Nobody will know I'm talking about you. And if you say hallelujah, amen, it really going to throw them off. No, this is not that. He wants to take you from glory to glory. He wants to keep raising you up different levels. I promise y'all, I'm just about ready to close. That's two, three, I'm done. Understand the kingdom. If you don't understand the laws... You cannot walk in the power. You know how people talk to you differently when you know what's going on, when you know the law. They talk to you completely different. But sometimes we live beneath our privilege because we don't know what we should know. And, And so I need you to understand that God has a purpose for you. Don't let difficulties talk you out of your destination. Vision. In fact, I gave you a slide for vision. I I went out of sequence. Um, Vision is what can be, what will be, despite the difficulties of what is. difficulties. Vision is what can be, what will be, despite the difficulties of what is. See, when I set my mind like that, I'm not moved by what I see, the function of the eye, because I got something on the inside of me. My last point is this. Um, don't allow your friends Your foes or your family talk you out of what God said. The vision. Vision of what can be, what will be, despite the difficulties of what is. So I'm not moved by. I expect to get a bunch of no's before I get a yes, but it's coming. It's coming. But you can't allow... People who have not seen what you have seen or heard what you have heard talk you out. God did not give it to them. He gave it to you. He gave it to you. He gave it to you. And, and I'm reminded, it doesn't matter. Family will sometimes say what you're trying to do is too much. You can't do it because they're looking at you Do their own prism. I couldn't do it. I'm afraid she'll get hurt if if I allow her to go. Why not go for the gold ring? You're in the game. When God gives you something, it's too wonderful to believe. Man, if God gave you something and you can do it, it ain't him. It's you. You need something that God gives you that's too big. Too big. It needs to be big enough for God. It's got to encourage you. You got to stop leaning to your own understanding. Acknowledge him. He says, you are so gifted and so talented. You're leaning on that. And you forgot about the giver of the gift. But God will call you to do something that's too big. Come on, Mary. What? Little girl from the ghetto. Been betrothed to be married. Has an encounter with God. Mary. Thou has found favor. Don't you know you got favor on your life? Anybody know they got favor? Just wave at me one time. I'm about to close. I'm about to close. Give me, give me five minutes, Paul. I'll give you one back. <laughs> five minutes. Listen to me, please. Y'all know it's going to be a long time before I come back because Paul be like, Rob. <laughs> but he got to take me to lunch after this so maybe I can make it up. Listen to me. God gives you something that's too wonderful. People can't see it. Sometimes people in your own family can't see it. They can't see it. And they try to talk you out of it. They're not trying to hurt you. They just can't see it. Why are you reaching for that? Because I'm possessed by it. I don't mean like some demonic spirit because I heard God I'm a pastor I never wanted to be nobody's pastor man you got to get this air fixed Paul it don't make no sense this big old nice church it's blowing right in my eye too God will give you a vision watch this Mary I want you to do something that doesn't even look like it could come from you. You're too young. There's too many people talking about you. Don't think they weren't talking about her. She comes to her husband and says, God gave me a vision. I'm the carry the Messiah. The Bible says he thought to divorce her. Put her away. Sometimes people will try to talk you out of what God called you to, but you got to know he called you. You got to know so you can stand against all of the naysayers. You can stand when nothing seems to be working. I'm trying to call somebody to re-engage your marriage. You say you love them when you get past feelings. That's when you get into love. Some of us who've been married a long time, you know, what's got love got to do with feeling? Ain't got nothing. (laughs) I ain't got no plan B. This is all we got. Mary went and found her cousin Elizabeth. Watch this last thing. The vision is for an appointed time. Write the vision. You are not meant to. To get there by yourself. When you hear from God. God will put you around people. That when you tell them. What he told you. Just as she went to Elizabeth. And what was in Mary. Calls Elizabeth's baby to leap. There's some people. When Paul said, I heard the Lord saying," Christ Community Church, and Nancy said, are you sure? <laughs> and situations say, wait a minute. And circumstances says, how? You got to know what you heard. But when you find those people, there are people who, help build this church and are going to help build the addition. You were called when you heard it in him, something leaped in you. And the same thing will happen to you when you find what God called you and you won't forfeit your dream to anyone. Christ Community Church, I'm going to tell you, I know that God is up to something. When Paul called me, I was so excited about sharing with you because I know what I'm sharing with you is real. I know, I know that you are looking at a miracle. You may not think I am, but I am and I'm gifted to do things. This fast taught me, I've always seen it, but I had to hear it. I've always been a builder. I, God has blessed me almost everything Paul I've ever put my hands to. I, I'm a winner, but I start by, I'm a slow starter. I stuttered till the eighth grade. Always in the back in the little trailer. The poor people called me poor. But every team, God made me the captain and I wasn't the best player. But what I've come to find out I'm a builder because I build starting with relationships, not what I can get, but what I can give. God is a mock, whatever you sow. That's why we, we got this bromance going. <laughs> I'm a hugging hug him before I leave here. Nancy going to be saying to him, put on a mask. <laughs> Listen, let me close with this. Christ Community Church, young people, stir up the gift. Stir up the gift. Wipe off the dust. Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Dream again. Revelations 2 and 5, he says, Remember where you have fallen. He says, repent, go back and do the first works, or I'll come and take that which you have. Not any place in that, did he say? Feel like it. Feelings follow action. Stop waiting to get motivated. Do it, and motivation will come. Dream again. You failed the class. Take it again. Don't let the difficulties stop you from the destination. Rediscover who you are in Christ. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this word. I ask, Lord God, that you would speak to that one that needs it. God, that you would cause them... To be reignited. God not my voice. Not those things that would make me disqualified. Your grace is sufficient. God I ask that they would remember the word. So when the enemy comes to accuse them. Because they did what they did. They plan to do it. They enjoyed doing it. And they've done it over and over. But. Where sin abounds, grace does more. Abound, you remember it no more. God, let them know the law so they can tell the liar, you are a lie." that is no longer on me. Christ paid for that. I'm free to start again. God, I thank you for the blessing you have on this house and these believers. It is in Jesus' name that we pray, Amen. amen.